Welcome to the Accord Research Alliance podcast, where we talk with innovators who are committed to measuring what matters in Christ-centered relief and development. I'm Rodney Green, and I'm the Program Advisor for Agriculture and Economic Development at World Relief. We think that it's really important to start looking at, well, how much of the change that we've seen in a child's life is actually attributed to them showing up at our project every week? Um, compared to what would have happened if we weren't there. And so those sorts of questions, I think, they do require a ton more rigor, but with an organization of our size, that is really important. Today we're here with Kate Williams, who works for Compassion International, and she oversees the Program Effectiveness Team for Quantitative Research. So she oversees the quantitative research and the staff involved. Uh, welcome, Kate. Thank you. Uh, could you give you a little background to your experience? Absolutely, Rodney. Um, so I have been at Compassion um, coming up on six years now. Uh, before that, I actually started my career in um, nonprofit management and in a consulting firm um, where we kind of helped boards of directors decide what was important for their nonprofits. And the biggest gap that we just kept seeing was people doing either really poor program evaluation or having no knowledge of their own impact. Um, so I went to grad school at the University of San Francisco and studied um, international and development economics under Bruce Weidick. Um, and Bruce Weidick had just done this huge impact evaluation for Compassion International. Um, and so they happened to be looking for somebody right around the time that I happened to be graduating. Um, I had had a bunch of you know, field experience in Africa and um, had, you know, just a bunch of conversations with Compassion and joined their team. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's um, it's great to get a good background of how, how you ended up at Compassion and, and what skills you bring to it. But maybe tell us a little bit more about Compassion and what, what Compassion does. Sure. Um, so Compassion is a child sponsorship program. Um, we work in 25 countries right now, and um, you know we're not so small anymore. We sponsor almost 2 million children, and we work through churches. So we have about 7,000 churches around the world that we partner with, and then they run programs for children um, anywhere from you know pregnant moms with babies in their bellies through about age 22. Um, so really different programs all over the world, but all about child and youth development and um, helping poor kids start to thrive. Great. And what does your team do exactly uh, at Compassion? What role do you play? Sure. So our team um, is a research team based in international program. So what that means is that our team is really tasked with helping program learn more about what's going on in all these places and maybe how to do better. Um, so our team is really focused on things like um, program design and impact evaluations to help people make strategic decisions, um, things like that. We actually sit in a team that has both a quantitative and qualitative side, and I just happen to run the quantitative side of the work we do. One of the things I noticed right away when kind of learning about your team and your work is that you call yourselves the program effectiveness team. And what, why is that? Why have you chosen that language? You know, um, about 
10 years ago, Compassion was really blessed to get a new staff hire um, named Alistair Sim, who is my boss and really professional mentor. Um, and when he came into the department, it was called the Program Evaluation Research Team. Um, and he just really felt that the word evaluation had a lot of negative connotations with it. Um, they kind of lined up to maybe us being seen as auditors. And that's not really why we were there. We were not really there to, um, you know, tell USAID how we spent their money. We don't take inter international government funding right now. And so we don't have those kind of evalu traditional evaluation requirements. Um, so we really see ourselves as more of an effectiveness group than a, you know, evaluation group. Um, while we do things like impact evaluations, the root of what we're trying to do is really make an organization more effective. Um, so that's the sort of monumental for us um, name change maybe five years ago. Yeah. I, I really appreciate not only the language, but also the vision behind it. And I think that has a lot to share with how many organizations approach evaluation and, and really the spirit behind why we do evaluation and, and why it's important for our work and for our clients and for the, the people we serve. And mm -hmm. so one of the key questions I wanted to ask you today was on this topic of evaluation or program effectiveness. And uh, the question is, how much rigor is really needed uh, to do research evaluation? That is such a great question. And, um, you know, that's one that we have just toiled with over and over for the entire time I've been at Compassion, and I think probably long before I was there. Um, you know, really good impact evaluations take a ton of work. Um, they take months, if not years, if they're being published. Um, they take a lot of manpower, and they take a, a lot of budget often. Um, and because of that, we're often asked by program leadership, are you maybe overshooting or is this a little too much? Um, and I think most researchers and most organizations have been asked that question. Um, you know, is, is this too much? Um, and it all comes back to the research question. Compassion has a budget of about $800 million and we sponsor 2 million children. Um, we're an organization that's big enough to really need to be digging into causation. Um, we really need to be digging into, you know, not just how many kids are served and how much money we spent and where it went and how many people attended our programs. Um, but we think that it's really important to start looking at, well, how much of the change that we've seen in a child's life is actually attributed to them showing up at our project every week um, compared to what would have happened if we weren't there. And so those sorts of questions, I think, they do require a ton more rigor. But with an organization of our size, that is really important. Um, you know, smaller organizations that don't have the kind of um, budgets and the kind of reach that we do um, can possibly get away with a lot more, you know, standard evaluation practices or standard just data collection of their programs and what happens in them. Um, but the larger the organization becomes, the more really due diligence needs to be done behind the scenes to make sure that we're actually providing the impact that we say that we're providing. Right. So what kind of approaches do you use to get closer to that 
idea of causation in your programs? Yeah. Um, well, so the big thing is, I mean, it depends on who you ask um, on what is necessary, but there's really, there's essentially a line where evaluation, where kind of a program evaluation ends and an impact evaluation starts. And we really sit squarely in that impact evaluation space, which is defined as causation. Because um, a lot of program evaluations, you know, your pre-post study, um, things like that, they don't have a causation base. They're just correlation studies. Um, so we really, we focus all on causation. Um, we don't run randomized control. We don't run randomized control trials right now, um, but we run all sorts of impact evaluations that can be seen as just as rigorous. Um, Quasi-experimental methods, including things like um, simple differences with propensity score matches, um, regression discontinuities, um, double differences, so difference in differences, a whole you know a whole myriad of options um, that can get us towards causation. Let's pause a little bit and maybe dig into one of those. So earlier you talked about a pre-post evaluation. So mm -hmm. could you explain just a little bit more about, about what that is and then maybe compare that to maybe a simple difference uh, analysis? Sure. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. Um, so a pre-post evaluation is um, something that, you know, donors started asking for quite a while ago. Um, to see what happens before and after a program as a way to kind of get people um, measuring what they're doing with their money. So that means you look at a group of people that you're hoping to serve with your program before you actually do the program. Um, so that's your pre-evaluation. And then you ask them the exact same questions at the end line. So if your program is, you know, a mosquito net program and you are handing them out right before rainy season and you're hoping to see a difference in people right after rainy season, then you will um, do an evaluate, you will ask them a myriad of questions in a survey before as your pre-study and then a myriad of questions afterwards. Um, so the reason that, that only gets us to causation is because if you ask the same group of people questions before and after they get those mosquito nets, um, and you see a huge drop, you can't guarantee that that's due to you. Why not? Because maybe it was in a time of drought, and in times of drought, there are less mosquitoes. Why? Because mosquitoes breed in water. So maybe that year, there was just less malaria. So your mosquito nets didn't actually contribute to anything, but you saw a decrease because there wasn't much rain, so there was less mosquitoes, there was less malaria. Um, so that's why we, you know, pre-post evaluations um, have a place and maybe for small organizations or for donor requirements. Um, but the difference with that and a study that we say is more causation based, um, like a simple difference, is that we don't necessarily even need to take a bunch of information from people before we start a program. Instead, at the end of our survey, um, or at the end of a time um, that the program's been in place, we can look at two groups of people, um, one that are the people that we served, and another group that are people who um, we didn't serve, but who were really similar to the people that we did serve when we started. Um, so that's a hard thing to get your head around. So. Can I unpack that a little bit? Yes, of course. Okay, so what that is, is that's called a counterfactual. Um, 
And so in an evaluation, what you really want to do is compare to, in an impact evaluation, what you really want to do is compare two groups of people who would have started in the same place, which means if your program wasn't there, they would have both been really similar right now. Um, and so in a case like child sponsorship, we register kids into our church programs anywhere. Um, policies are different in different countries and over time they've changed, but anywhere from like two to nine years old, a kid can get entered into a compassion project. Um, in our communities that we reach, there are a lot more kids that want to join a compassion project than we have space for them, right? So we have these project staffs out in these communities who have a really tough decision to make on who gets into the program and who doesn't. So they do their best to select the kids that they think are neediest, but we know that that's not perfect selection. So when these kids, you know, 10, 15 years down the road, when they're 18 years old, what we do is we go into their community and we interview kids who have been part of our program. And then we go back and we have elders and people who have been in the community for a long time tell us about who else would have been eligible, right? Who else they would have wanted to select if they could have. And um, we interview that group of kids too. And so from that, we're able to say, you know, we also go through a full method called propensity score matching, which is really statistically pretty complicated. And we can get into that on another podcast. Um, but we can essentially estimate who would have probably been selected for the program. And then we can say, you know, both of them lived in the same community, had, you know, similar parents, had similar family structures. They both experienced the same drought the same year. Um, they both experienced the country's huge economic boom through this time period, and they both grew. And we can then say what the difference is if you had been registered in a compassion project or not, um, which can get us towards causation, towards what part of a you know, child's successes right now were actually attributed to having been registered in our program. Wow. So I have two follow-up questions for this. Well, first of all, this, yeah. this is a great insight into not only how compassion does this, but, but how this can, this sort of method can help other organizations as well mm -hmm. when, when kind of picking and choosing what types of methods and what type of rigor would be right for their context. So my first follow-up question is, you know, getting closer to this uh, causation, how has that impacted the design of programs? And then my second question is, you know, getting to that program effectiveness uh, question. Uh, and the second question is, how has this impacted uh, the growth of the organization for, you know, being able to raise more funds to serve more children? Yeah. Um, well, you know, so... I joined Compassion about six years ago. Well, in two months, I'll be celebrating six years. Um, so this process takes some time. So it was about three years ago that we really felt like we had piloted enough and knew what we were doing enough that we were getting at causation. Um, so we've really been implementing these strategies for the last um, three years. And, you know, I started off by saying that Compassion's 2 million children in 25 countries. And so we're really big. Um, program changes a lot based on what country staff think and how country staff kind of run their own programs. Um, so right now, one of the really cool things we're doing is that after we run an impact evaluation in a country, 
we're going back to that country and holding a two-day session with them where we walk through results that we've seen across everything we've measured and maybe what that's due to and how, you know, how their program's been functioning, if that's something they want to work on, if that's something they want to work through. Um, and that's getting us closer to some program design. And so, um, so that's really been awesome to see is, you know, although we're huge and we're probably a slow moving giant compared to a lot of these small agile NGOs that, um, you know, have less staff, but more ability to move quickly. We have still been able to get our research back down to the ground level where it's really happening and, um, not only learn more about our results from those interactions, but also maybe see them used a little bit more because, um, you know, programs so different in every place, in every country, even though it's all sponsorship, it's all really different. Um, so our country management staffs are really the people that are, um, you know, seeing the most change happen from this kind of research. Wow. Did that I answer both of your questions or just one? I kind of lost track. It, it answers the first one. <laughs> really. <Okay. laughs> uh, but that's, that's really helpful. And I, and I think, again, that goes back to the name of your team, which is the program effectiveness team and uh -huh. that, that yeah. the work that you're doing uh, and the results that you find go back to the field and they can grapple with that. And I'm sure it, it's affirming in some ways, it's challenging in others, um, but it really gets to that, that effectiveness process, which, which is really fantastic. The second, oh yeah. Yeah. You know, this wasn't easy for us. Um, I mean, this was, it took us about three years to figure out how to run this study well ourselves. Um, and then beyond that, it was maybe another year of figuring out how to do sessions that are report backs. And then we're still struggling with, you know, our results are all in percentage point increases and really hard to understand concepts. Um, and, you know, we're working with, we're working with people that aren't statistically backgrounded. So we're learning a lot about communication and about um you know how to present really complex results to people that are hopefully going to program design based on it um so that's just been a really cool journey too right that would be another podcast to really get into some of that <laughs> that because that would be really really interesting to unpack um my second question was was really about like you know, after you get these results and you can kind of share it externally to potential donors, to people that are interested um, in the in the work itself, um, and you can kind of actually make a claim that the program is really making a difference, um, how has this type of research impacted that conversation? Yeah, um, you know, right now with our country-by-country country impact evaluations, we aren't really sharing that with donors. We're not really um, projecting that far and wide. But we have done some of these similar methods with some of our CIVs, um, which are complementary interventions. And those are more traditional development programs. Um, those are more, you know, WASH, WASH programs and um, disaster relief, those sorts of things, um, education funding, all kind of really just our umbrella of international development funds. Um, and our marketing team has made some really cool infographics from them. Um, and they've been using some of that to, you know, externally raise some buzz and um, get some funding. So I don't have any numbers on it, but um, there's a lot of thirst within the organization. And, you know, millennials just want more information. So there's a lot of thirst out there 
um, beyond the organization too that we're starting to share. Yeah, and I've I've really noticed that from you know my journey as well that you know people want to know if something's working. You know they mm-hmm. want they they there's so many different places to invest. Um, there's so many organizations and um, out there and different types of approaches and and people are asking that question of like, well, is this really impacting the community? Um, yeah. And I think you know, program effectiveness research really helps uh, in that conversation to say that we not only um, kind of talk the talk, but we're also investing our resources and time and and expertise into really taking that seriously. For sure. I mean, I think our parents' generation really um, helped pioneer in making sure that money was going to the right places. And now, you know, nobody would give money without checking up to make sure that it's going to the right places. And we have Charity Navigator and all sorts of organizations out there checking up on funding. Um, but it, you're right. It is more and more people are asking these difficult impact questions. And, um, you know, people care about causation. Whether or not they use the technical words for it, they really do. Um, so it's really exciting that, you know, people are starting to care and organizations are starting to take notice. Yeah, and I really hope that this is just one of many conversations that we can have um, around these topics because there's a variety of directions we, where we could go deeper. Um, but I know we're running close to the end of our time today, but I, I wanted to um, say as well that, you know, Kate is a adjunct professor at Eastern University, so if you're really interested in learning more from her, you could sign up for a class. Is there any classes coming up that you're teaching? Um, I teach applied research for, um, their MA in international development and nonprofit org lead programs. Um, so I think that there's an org lead one coming up in summer, maybe May or so. Um, and then international developments once a year. And that was just a month or two ago. So again, next year. That's great. So yeah, feel free to sign up for those courses if uh, if you're interested in learning more. And and maybe before we end as well, Kate, would you be able to share for those who are interested in maybe going a little bit deeper, or maybe they're new to this conversation? Mm-hmm. Um, would you have a resource, uh, either a book or a website or something that you'd recommend uh, for people to go to if they just want to kind of dig a bit deeper? Um, sure. Yeah, there. You know. 3IE, um, I think it's 3 the number, IE standing for impact evaluation.org, I believe. Um, they have this fantastic repository. Oh, I'm sorry, it's 3ieimpact.org. Um, they have this fantastic repository of over 4,000 impact evaluations that they have deemed as, um, as quality. And they, they're all published evaluations. Um, so they've all been peer-reviewed. Um, so if you're a small organization just looking for more literature on impact evaluations for your topic, you can search them. And, you know, most of them are provided there for free. Um, in addition to that, you know, Esther Duflo wrote Poor Economics, which was kind of a big deal in a New York Times bestseller. Right. And Poor Economics is a book I've come across. And there's also great stories that really... Mm-hmm get to the heart of why this type of work is important and why we yes. we want to know about causation uh, so that we're, we are using our time and, and money most effectively 
to serve people in the best way we can. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Kate, for your time today. And again, I hope that we have many more conversations about this topic. Sounds great. Thanks so much, Rodney. Have a great day.